Jack, season four. I'm still not used to the new branding. I'm loving it. I'm I love so it. thrilled to be here. Yeah. So exciting. Awesome. So yeah. I am pumped for today's show. We've got a really, really awesome guest. We've got a cybersecurity consultant who's a self-starter, specialized in incident response, security operations center, holds a multitude of certifications. Like I'm just going to rattle a few of these up. AWS Solutions Architect, we've got the CASAP, the CISA, the Security Plus, the GCCC, GCSA, GCIH, GSEC. I could go on and on and on. There's so many certs. But without further ado, Quinn, let's bring you on stage. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. We are pumped to have you. Um, Your career's been spent primarily in the Security Operations Center, um, both from like an individual analyst perspective to also managing the SOC and doing hiring and managing all the ins and outs. Um, What does a SOC analyst role look like? Let's hear a little bit more about your experience um, and what what your careers look like so far. Uh, yeah, sure. So, yeah, so I've kind of only done SOC. That's pretty much the only thing I've ever wanted to do. I walked into a SOC when I was like 18 and I was like begging for an unpaid internship. And I ended up talking to their CEO of the company and they were like, yeah, I mean, we can interview you, but we don't do unpaid internships. And I actually ended up landing the job, even though I did terrible on the interview, but, um, Somebody had food poisoning, and so they needed me to start immediately. So I was like, very oh lucky. That's a great story. So, um, what, what? Tell us a little bit about like the primary duties. Like, what does one do in a security operations center? Because you hear SOC all the time, and it's a great, you know, way to get into the field. It's definitely um, like a really hot job, I'd say, in today's market. Yeah, it is very popular. I've, I've noticed um, job, you know, security operations center jobs are getting thousands of applicants right now. Um, I guess, what do you do in a SOC? Well, uh, mostly L1 analysts are monitoring um, some kind of alert queue. And as the the alerts come in, they're, they're writing reports based on the alerts um, to determine if it's a true positive or false positive. And then we're categorizing it or tuning it out or escalating it. Like, you know, there's obviously always a chance that it could turn into an incident, in which case you get leadership involved and that starts at the whole IR process. Um, but that's the most general overview I can give of like entry level role. That's a really good overview. So first off, I gotta say, holy smokes, all of the certs! Like, before I jump into this uh, this question that I have for you related to socks, I just have to take a step back and just ask, like, are you a, you seem like you might be a really good test taker? Is that kind of like, are you one of those people that you can just crush tests? Yeah, I'm good at taking tests. But the reason I have all those certifications is because I I have my bachelor's degree with SANS. And when you take their Mm -hmm. degree program, they give you like 10 certifications. Well, not they don't give them to you like you have to earn them, but they're hard. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's challenging. So well done. Very, very impressive. So I have a little bit of experience in the SOC, but nothing like you. And I love your background of like how you landed the job, even though, as you, you say, you did a terrible 
job within the interview and right place, right time. Somebody had food poisoning. So here you go. So that's a great story. I'm really interested because what we like to do on the show is demystify uh, positions. And I know that we've got a lot of listeners that are curious as far as what does the skill sets look like for working in a SOC? Because you always hear about a lot of times you hear about entry level, and I'm air quoting for anybody that's listening to this, entry level jobs within the SOC. So any advice that you can give to individuals that are maybe seeking out a role like you were at 18 to break into the SOC, are there any skills that you wish you had had at 18 or you think somebody that wants to break in should have? And and the second part to that would be how could they go after getting those and acquiring those skills? Yeah. So I should clarify that um, when I got into a SOC, I didn't actually know what a SOC was. I was like, I want to work in a cybersecurity company and that's where they send me. Um, I think SOCs are normally like the most entry-level cybersecurity positions there are, like compliance and SOC. Um, and I think that's maybe a little bit of a shame because I ended up loving working in a SOC and the skill set was um, very different than what I had. Um, so like my experience previously, like that, you know, my experience that was enough to get me into this position was I had an IT background from like playing video games and like programming video games with friends, um, doing that sort of thing. Um, I was involved in some cybercrime when I, cause I briefly lived in Europe. And when I was there, I was doing some not so great things and hanging out with some cyber criminals and they taught me all of their tricks, not all of their tricks, some of their tricks. And um, that kind of inspired me to get into it. Um, the skills I wish I, I knew better was like um, more analytical skills. Like working in a SOC is really about problem solving. At the end of the day, you're like solving a puzzle in each report you do. Um, sometimes those puzzles are easier. Sometimes they're more complicated, but um, really that's that's really what the job is. Um, and then obviously you're going to be covering like phishing emails, um, network detections, um, and pretty much anything going into your SIM, which is like your event management tool. Um, any system logs from an organization will be put into a SIM um, if it's security data. And then um, alerts are generated from that. And then the L1s work, work those alerts. And then I guess everybody else works the alerts too afterwards. So one follow-up on that. Do you think in this field that having soft skills or having the ability to write reports is important as a SOC analyst at whatever level, SOC 1 or even up to like if you're a SOC 2 or SOC 3? Yeah, I do. Um, I actually think um, those soft skills are more important than the technical skills, which is not something that I knew when I started. Um I thought that like, okay, I'm just going to get a bunch of certifications and then I'll have all these technical skills and I can do whatever I want. And the reality is like what actually helped me promote was like learning how to talk to people. Um, you know, when I, when I became a SOC manager, it was yes, technical ability, but also how do I talk to my peers? Even though I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 23. So typically I'm the youngest person in the room. Um, and knowing how to talk to people who are older than you and also more experienced and, having those conversations is really important, but also in report writing, like incident reports need to be technical, but they also need to be understood by people who are not technical, like business owners, um, C-suite executives who don't work in cybersecurity, things like that. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. And then um, even like the coaching, being able to deliver feedback, having like tough conversations and knowing when to escalate things. I think that that's something that um, takes a lot of time. And I feel like it takes guts to raise your hand and ask for help. Um, 
I'm curious, what came first? So did you study the certifications first? Did you start on that path or did you, um, did you fall into the sock, realize this is the field for me? And then did you start, you know, getting the certifications and going through SANS and doing your bachelor's? Yeah. So I fell into it. So actually like, um, I was going to a school in Florida for computer engineering, you know, computer science or something. I don't even remember what. And I actually dropped out because um, I already was working in a sock by random chance. And I ended up loving it. And I, you know, COVID happened and I was like, okay, I guess I'm just going to move to Maryland for this job. And I'm going to, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to be done with school. Um, and I ended up going back to school for SANS after a few months. And it was a, it was a pretty quick decision, but I did decide at some point I'm going to drop out of school and just do cybersecurity. And then that's how I got the SAN certifications from there. It was like after that decision, I just went, I'm going to finish school as quickly as possible. So let's talk a little bit about your approach with the, with the school and like selecting SANS and the prioritization of the certs. Um, because a lot of people that come to Jackson, I, they're like, Hey, I don't know how to get started. And they're either, you know, career transitioning or they haven't, you know, started, they're figuring out, do I go to a formal four-year degree? Can you tell us, I don't know much about the, the, the bachelor's program under SANS, but I'm very curious. Yeah. Um, what did that structure look like for you? Yeah. So I think that um, the school was not the important thing to get me into this career. I had an experience with cybercrime where I was on the side of cybercrime and that's what really helped me understand how it works. Um, you'll find that some of the most experienced people in cybersecurity have a similar story where they've just ended up doing it and they're like, okay, this is for me now. And um, I would say if you're trying to break into cybersecurity, you need to find ways to stand out among other applicants that are non-traditional. So um, for me, the way that I stood out, I didn't even know that there were other applicants for this job. Apparently there were hundreds, even back then. Um, I stood out by walking in in person and asking if I could work there. That is, you know, I'm obviously post COVID, the, the chances of doing something like that are going to be different. But um, if you're an applicant, find a way to stand out. Um, if you look at like, cause right now I'm obviously building Blueberry Security, my business. Um, if you look at sales teams and how they do cold calling and things like that, they may call a hundred people and get one response because that's just industry standard in cold calling. It's kind of the same thing when you're applying for a job, you're selling yourself, you're selling yourself as a, as a job seeker, as somebody who's capable of doing the job. And so if you can, you know, I'm not saying call executives and be annoying, but I'm saying if you see a chance to contact somebody, take it. So in terms of putting yourself out there um, and, you know, taking that approach of like, you know, you want to have some kind of experience. And I, I think you were, you know, you were really lucky to fall into the right time, right place and have the right role. But for people that are like, you know, I don't even know where to get started. What, what advice do you have for them to just get their, get the foot in the door? With, with getting their foot in the door at a business or getting the experience? Oh, to get the experience, to land their first job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the, so the experience, honestly, like I would just, um, the, so the, my favorite certification now is the Blue Team's Lab Level 1 certification because it covers the basics of SOC and it's like very hands-on. Um, other than that, I would say like try to look up like common tools used in a SOC and, and build a home lab based on that. Like I would do like a home malware lab. I would do um, home sim, um, build your own infrastructure, you know, like go play with some routers and, and set up some 
some cool things like that. And then um, and get something like Proxmox and set up a whole bunch of VMs, um, make them do things together and get experience with, with how that stuff works uh, from like a cybersecurity and logging perspective. I think that's a really interesting point that you bring up because a lot of people struggle with the with the practical hands-on experience because they're like, oh, I've learned this in theory or I've taken X course, right? And they don't know how to actually like do things. And so putting that hands-on lab component and then talking about it. So, you know, at that point, you're bridging that gap and talking about it in an interview. How did I actually set this up, right? And bringing up technical specifications, lessons learned. Um, so I think that that's great advice. Um, yeah, I, I would focus less on... Um, on certifications in school and more on those technical things because that is what makes you stand out, especially on your resume. You can just list projects you did. And I, I think that that's something that people don't do enough because I don't really care where you worked if it's unrelated. Like if you're a nurse and you want to get into cyber, I don't even know if I'd list that you were a nurse. I'd just put cybersecurity experience. Yeah, that is valid. We could go down a rabbit hole just talking about that and how to write your resume appropriately and what to put and what not to put on there for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, speaking of resumes, I mean, do you even think you're going to need a resume anymore? I know Eric has never, hasn't had to apply in a job in over a decade and you run your own company now. So nice to have a resume, but your resume speaks volumes because you run your own company. You have been for over a year now, which as an entrepreneur myself, I know that it can be really intimidating and you have been, what I really like about your LinkedIn is you've been very vocal. You've been very authentic. You haven't been afraid to like really step out and communicate your mission, what you're wanting to do, looking for partners to help you in your mission. I'm really curious through all of that, through all your transparency and your authenticity that you have on LinkedIn and the individuals that are maybe following you and curious of your story, can you share some of the lessons learned, some of the struggles that you faced in this year? Because I honestly, being an entrepreneur, I know it's not easy, but a lot of people, what they see is always the finished product and always like yeah. you sitting here speaking um, eloquently about everything that's going on. But really, we both know that you've definitely probably had those challenges and just sharing, if you wouldn't mind sharing some of those with us and how you overcame them. Yeah, so I would say like from a technical perspective, I have a very technical background. That was never really an issue. Um, I, I have a lot of technical people on my team, people in my network who just want to work with me. And it's never been like an issue of, I don't know how to build this. It's more of how do I market and do sales? Because people in cybersecurity don't do marketing and sales for the most part. And that's something that I was new to and I've never done before. And that was really the biggest struggle is how do I sell my service? because there's a million consultants out there and they all want to do the same thing. The most common startup business for cybersecurity is like, I'm going to do consulting for small and medium sized businesses. And um, I didn't know that that was common. So I've been trying to find my niche and like, you know, my market, um, my voice. So the, the one thing you were asking about is like LinkedIn. So LinkedIn was just one of the avenues that I've been using to generate leads and it is a great tool because it allows you to speak directly to the people in cybersecurity in some of the biggest companies that you, you want to work with. So I posted my initial, so I was, I started my business in November of 2022. I didn't really do much with it because I didn't understand sales and marketing until about like November of 2023. And when I started posting, 
my first post saying I launched a business, I got 300,000 views on that. After that, all of my posts, like 50,000, 100,000, just on and on and on. Um, and it was great for generating leads because those decision makers who, who have the power to bring you in as a partner or say that they want to buy your service are sometimes hard to reach because of you have outbound sales teams calling their cell phones directly nearly every day, multiple times a day. Um, so I found that the cybersecurity industry is really um, thought leadership based, where if you speak about what you do, you're more likely to attract somebody. Mm. Um, and yeah. so LinkedIn became my, my platform. Um, over the course of the you know months after that, like from November to now, um, I've actually took a break from LinkedIn because I ended up hiring um, a director of sales and a sales development rep, and they've been kind of handling that part of things for me so I can focus on like the technical aspects of what I do and more focusing on like delivering value to my clients mm. and my partners. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. One follow-up on what, something you said is about, um, and I don't remember how you worded it because I was listening and I didn't write it down, but basically creating credibility in the space and putting content out there is like what you were saying. So I'm curious, what are you doing outside of just putting that post out that said, you know, I launched a business. What else are you doing to allow your community to know that you're an expert in this field and that they should come to you and hire your company for what you offer, the services you provide? Yeah, so LinkedIn is my primary method to speak to prospects, but I also try to appear on podcasts. I'm, I'm trying to explore this more of like public speaking. I um, I was actually just talking to um, Jane Franklin, who, who is pretty well known in cybersecurity and public speaking, and she was giving me some tips on it. But I, I really want that to be, you know, what I do 24-7 is marketing and sales in cybersecurity now. Um, speaking at events, posting on LinkedIn. I want to start a YouTube channel. I'm a little bit intimidated by it because appearing on camera is different from writing a few paragraphs on LinkedIn. Um, but yeah. I vote you do it. You got this. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you should create that YouTube page today. <laughs> if I have time. Might as well do yeah. it. Yeah. But I love, I love that you are also so self-aware to know where you want to like fill the gaps, right? And if you need support in sales or business development or in marketing, right? Like you're actively seeking support, which is, I mean, which is awesome, right? Um, it's kind of helping to supplement uh, where you're at, but also it's helping your business and it's helping to drive you and teach you in a lot of different ways. Um, so what has been, I guess, what has been like the the coolest thing about learning sales and marketing that you didn't expect? Because I'm sure, you know, for a lot of cybersecurity people, like you said, like, you know, it's not a it's not a thing the core skill that a lot of people grow up having it's just something that they either have to figure out because they're in a certain type of role in leadership or they have to go out and seek new business because they're an independent you know cybersecurity consultant yeah so i guess one of the most interesting things i learned was all of those views you see on youtube and linkedin they're not just views those are people like they're real people and you actually have to touch them like they are your uh, follower, your listener, your guest, and you, like you're delivering this content to them. So it's not just a number, it's a person. And like, that is not something that I instantly understood. Like, I was just posting and I was and I didn't really think that like, these are people that I may see again at some point, or if I go to a convention like Black Hat or RSA, people may recognize me there now, which is 
never something I expected. Um, actually, I just got recognized in person the other day. Somebody was like, I follow you on LinkedIn. And I was like, that is insane. I don't even have that many followers. Uh, such a great feeling. You're doing great things. I always say, look, think about where you're going to be from a year from now. Um, I'm excited. We'll have to definitely have you back on the show in a year from now to see. I think that would be a great episode. Um, come back on the show this time next year and do let's do a part two and see what you're doing and what you're up to and talk about the YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. But in the, in the interim, though, between now and then, if anybody would like to reach out to you for anything, obviously LinkedIn, you said, is the primary location. But how could somebody follow you or contact you? What's the best way for them to reach you? Um, so you could go to my website, um, blueberrysecurity.net. Um, LinkedIn is the most responsive that you'll find me. I'm always on there. So I will respond to your message. Um, if it's a rude message, I will tell you it's a rude message and to stop messaging me. But I will always reply. I love that. I love that you'll always reply. That's amazing. Well, it has been our absolute pleasure to have you on here, Quinn. Thank you so much. We look forward to continuing to watch you in your journey here. Yeah, thanks. Oh my gosh. How amazing was that guest? Ah. Uh, Kicking okay. off season four strong. I'm yeah, telling we are. you. Yeah, sky's it. the limit. Mm -hmm. um, thank you, everybody. If you're watching this, thank you. Go ahead. We would love it if you like this episode, you shared it out with others. Also want to thank our sponsor with Simply Cyber. We're excited about season four and working alongside with Simply Cyber. And we are going to be back here in two weeks. So we are booked out. Actually, I think we're booked out already for season four, but I think we might have one or two slots. So if you've got any guests that you would like to have on the show, reach out to us at two. That's the number two cyberchicks at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. You guys are amazing. Catch See you on the next one. Bye.